Have you ever considered the impact your work environment has on your health and your productivity? Enter Uplift Desk, a revolutionary standing desk designed to transform the way you work. And that's just the beginning of what Uplift Desk has to offer. With an emphasis on ergonomics and customization, Uplift Desk offers a solution that caters to the dynamic needs of modern professionals. Whether you're coding, designing, or podcasting, like I am right now, the flexibility to switch between sitting and standing can significantly enhance your focus and vitality. What makes Uplift Desk stand out is not just their commitment to quality and innovation, but also their dedication to creating a healthier workspace. With options to customize from over 100 desktop materials and a plethora of accessories, Uplift Desk ensures that your work setup is uniquely yours, promoting better posture and movement throughout the day. And here's an offer to get you started on a healthier work journey starting today. Go to upliftdesk.com slash timecrafting for 5% off your order. That's upliftdesk.com slash timecrafting to get 5% off your entire order. Your health, your productivity, your future self will thank you. Again, that's upliftdesk.com slash timecrafting and get 5% off your entire order today. Have you ever had that heart-stopping moment when you realized you forgot the password to a critical account? I have, and that's exactly why I switched to 1Password years ago, and honestly, it's been a game-changer. I can't do without 1Password, and I know that if you give it a try, you will feel the same way. And when you support our sponsors, then you support the show. So I encourage you to check out what 1Password has to offer one of the things 1Password has to offer is it combines top-tier security with an award-winning design, making password management a breeze for anyone, anywhere. From the moment I started using 1Password, I said goodbye to the days of resetting passwords and worrying about security breaches. You see, 1Password isn't just about convenience. It's about saving you from the real cost of data breaches and the daily time suck of password resets. It works seamlessly across all your devices, filling in passwords for you so that you can sign in with a click. And the best part, all you need to do is remember one strong password that protects everything else. I've been using 1Password for as long as I can remember. My family is using it. Everyone in this household has bought in. It's, again, a game changer. It's completely transformed how I handle my digital security and my family feels the same way. We've gotten away from using the same passwords again and again and again, or sticky note reminders or having that notebook that says passwords I must remember. Plus, 1Password is trusted by millions, including giants like IBM and Slack. With 1Password, my digital life and my family's digital life is not only more secure, but infinitely simpler. And look, if you've ever been frustrated by a family member constantly asking for passwords, 1Password's secure sharing has been a total relationship saver for me. It's so secure that the Associated Press relies on it in high-risk areas, which means it's more than capable of keeping your digital life safe and streamlined. So why not make the switch? Protect yourself, your family, and your business with 1Password. It's the simple and secure way to manage your digital life. And right now, listeners of A Productive Conversation get a free two-week trial at onepasswordcom slash productive convo. 
That's two free weeks at onepassword.com slash productive convo. Again, onepassword.com slash productive convo. Check out one password. I know you'll fall in love with it like my whole family has. Again, that's onepassword.com slash productive convo for two free weeks. Check it out today. Well, I'm very excited about it. And particularly, there's one segment that I'm most excited about. If you're if you're on social media, you might see hashtags and you see people doing it. Welcome to the Productivityist Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Vardy, and this week on the show, a little teaser there, I'm joined by Mike Rohde. He is the creator of Sketchnote and the author of two fantastic books, the Sketchnote Handbook and the Sketchnote Workbook, both of which I'm looking at right now as I share this introduction with you. I'm really excited to have him on the show today because he got a new Kickstarter campaign, which is going to be a fantastic. It's it actually, as this episode is going live, it, it, it just went up. And I'm guaranteeing you it's it's been funded already. I'm backing it, and I'm sure a whole bunch of other people are going to back it as well, especially notebook and pen geeks like me, like you. If you're listening to this episode, I'm sure you're interested in stuff like that. And Mike's been on the show before. He's talked about the Daily Plan Bar on a previous episode that's linked to in the show notes, but we're going to talk about the daily plan bar. Is he still using it? How it's evolved? All that stuff. We're going to talk about, as we teased off the top, where the most exciting part of the world and, and you know, kind of the industry that sketchnoting is being used. He's really excited about that. We're going to talk about the campaign and so much more. But before we get started with our conversation today, I want to talk about our sponsors a little bit. And then we'll get into things. So first off, I want to talk about Zapier. And right now, you're going to be able to get a free trial with Zapier. I'm going to share with you how you can do that a little bit later in the episode. But I want to thank Zapier for sponsoring this episode. Again, Zapier is the easiest way to automate your work. And I use it. And and you'd be with the deal they're going to offer, it, it, it's just a no-brainer for you to use it as well. I'm going to talk about how I use Zapier a little later on in the show and share with you that special offer. So thanks to Zapier for sponsoring this episode of the Productivityist Podcast. I also want to thank our other sponsor for this episode, the UCI Division of Continuing Education. And again, you can check out everything that they have to offer. They've sponsored the show before. There's going to be a special offer exclusive to Productivity as Podcast listeners that I'm going to share with you a little later in the show, as well as, uh, you know, reasons why you need to take advantage of that offer. But again, the UCI Division of Continuing Education is really, it's, it's, I'm so happy that they're part of this show. Uh, you know, they, they offer online courses, offline courses, they are world renowned. And you're going to hear more about them during this episode. So again, thanks to the UCI Division of Continuing Education for sponsoring this episode of the Productivityist Podcast. Okay, so a little bit more about my friend and guest this week on the show, Mike Rohde. Mike is the author of those two best-selling books that I mentioned. He presents workshops around the world that encourage people to use visual thinking skills to generate, capture, and share ideas more effectively. He's also the illustrator of several best-selling books, Rework, Remote, The $100 Startup, and The Little Book of Talent. He's been commissioned to create live sketch notes for conferences and events, including some of the ones I've been at and have mentioned on the show before, South by Southwest Interactive, an event apart, Summit Series and the World Domination Summit. Uh, he's a veteran designer who creates usable, compelling design solutions for software and web applications. And he lives in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, with his wife and three kids. And the first time he ever ate poutine, I believe he was with me, and that was at the World Domination Summit. So that's a little, little bit of fun fact, a little trivia there for you. So let's get to my conversation right now with Mike Rohde, and we're going to talk about ten years of sketch noting and so much more. Mike, thanks for joining me today. 
Thanks, Mike. It's great to be back. So uh, you've been busy. Uh, <laughs> today is the day <laughs> where uh, the sketch the sketchnote idea book is now a Kickstarter project. It's live. It's 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 going now. Yep, yep. It's um, pretty crazy. Um, been working on this a long time, so having it actually arriving is kind of a weird feeling, but a good a good weird, I guess. Okay, so right out of the gate, I'm gonna get. I wouldn't say controversial, but I'm gonna get. I'm just gonna jump at it. There are a lot of notebooks out there already. Right? Yes, there you are. Know, there are tons. Um, people out there know I'm a Baron Fig fan, and there's no. I make no secret about that. But I mean, there are lots. Why? Why this notebook, and why now? I think that's a fair question. I'm. I would, for the record, I would state that I'm a Baron Fig fan as well. Really love their notebooks, and there's many notebooks that I really like. I think the th- the challenge for me was I couldn't find one that had exactly all the pieces that I was looking for. So it really had nothing to do with the other notebooks being bad. It's more like I just wanted to dial it uh, dial it in a little bit more. And I felt on top of that, because a lot of what I do in a, in a sketchbook, particularly is, is sketchnoting, there are certain things that I wanted and needed. And I felt like if I could nail it for myself, then that would be a great tool for many other people who do that same thing. So in, in a sense, it's an, it's a, we're going toward an, a niche, right? We're trying to focus on the specific thing instead of trying to be a notebook for all people, which of course you can use it for all kinds of things. Uh, we're dialing it in towards sketch noters and people who do creative uh, idea work in a notebook who need those specific features. So that's, that's really our mentality around it. So what are some of the features that the notebook has? Because I think, I mean, again, I like like I said, I'm a notebook nerd. I'm a pen nerd. I mean, we've spent time together. I remember at World Domination Summit several years ago, uh, I was a nerd. You were saying, oh, these are the pens you should have. Well, I remember sitting in a coffee shop and we did like the <laughs> coffee shop tour. That was like, what? that was, I think, year two or three, wasn't it? Like we're yeah. talking, man, we've been doing this a while. Uh, <laughs> uh, so what are some of the features that the notebook has that made it the thing that you're like, okay, this is what I'm looking for in a notebook? Well, in general, um, there's two things that I look for first. Number one, it's got to have really good paper. So the heart of the Sketchnote idea book really is the paper itself. Um, I'm working with a, a notebook expert, Mike Schiano, who's been a partner on the project for the last two years. He's been in the business of doing notebooks with Airship for, I think, six plus years. So he knows what's going on. He's got all his suppliers sorted out. He he knows how to make things happen, which was a really important key for me in partnering up with him. And uh, we... He heard me on a podcast, one of the Sketchnet Army podcasts, talking about, I wish I could get a notebook that fit all my needs that I wanted. And so he reached out and said, well, why don't we just make one? We can do that. So I said, that sounds great. And we started working. Uh, so for the last two years, we've been sort of deciding what should it look like and what are the features and then doing prototypes. And he came to me pretty early in the process and said, hey, Mike, I've got this paper I've discovered. I think this might be a really good Sketchnote paper let's give it a try. So he sent me a sample and I tried it. I was like, wow, this is, this is really amazing paper. It's, um, it's a really brilliant white. It's 180 GSM, which I guess if you don't know what relative scale, I think it's a measurement of, um, a weight per square meter, I believe. So grams per square meter for the, the thickness of the paper. Um, so it's quite heavy. Um, there's only a few other sketchbooks, uh, that, that offer that this thickness. Um, and then, our sketchbook paper is got a little bit of tooth, so if you use pencil, you can use it there, but it's quite smooth, so it works well for markers, and, and actually fountain pens uh, work really well on it, too. So it became sort of this general purpose paper that was really thick and could take a lot of inking and, and use and still perform really well. 
had really bright color. So that's really the heart of it. And then the next thing that I wanted to do was make sure that it could handle the beading that I give notebooks. So I tend to throw notebooks in my bag. I carry them when I travel locally and internationally. So I put a beading on a notebook and I wanted to make sure it was tough. And Mike said that he had this sort of a polymer wrapper. So it's a hardcover notebook. It's uh, the the signatures, the signatures, 16 pages are stitched together. And then those 16 page signatures are then all stitched together as a unit and glued, uh, I believe. And then the cover is then attached to that. And the cover is hardcover, but then it's got this polymer wrapper on it that's sort of soft to the touch, feels really good, but it's tough. So um, it can really take a beating. And I was remarking to a friend, we had two prototypes, one that I used for a year and kind of abused and basically threw everything at it that I could. And then I put it next to a brand new prototype with few, a few uh, upgrades that we had thought would improve the thing. And it's kind of hard to tell the two apart. The, the, the level of wear that it takes is kind of amazing. So it's that combination of things. And then beyond that, there's two bookmarks. There's a pocket so you can carry things. And then probably what sets it apart is for sketchnoters, there's references on the inside front and back covers for how to do typography and icons and uh, layouts for sketch notes and those kind of things. So it gives you a little bit of inspiration when you open it up. It's funny because you're seeing more of like in terms of notebooks that are catered, like you said, to niches, right? The bullet journal has their notebook that has, again, that those those mm-hmm. those triggers, like what you've talked about, like, hey, here's, you know, for, for sketch noters in particular, hey, here's some things you can use. So it's, it's you, you have those concepts and ideas wrapped into the notebook. So you're not like, oh, how did that work again? Or let me go online to see, like, what do I want to do? Like, you, everything is in that package. Same thing with... Uh, the Clear Habits Journal that James did, Clear did mm-hmm. with uh, with Baron Fig. You know, having those things, we're seeing more of those niche notebooks, and we're seeing more of, you know, sketch notes. Like sketch notes have really kind of over the past several years, and we've known each other for a few years now. Really taken off. The fact that you can create mm-hmm. a notebook that can cater to this niche, and I'm absolutely certain that this is going to go swimmingly well for you. Uh, but wh- what are your thoughts on like the fact that like over the past few years, just the the phenomenal kind of growth that sketchnoting's had. Well, I'm very excited about it. And particularly, there's one segment that I'm most excited about. If you're, if you're on social media, you might see hashtags and you see people doing it. But the part that I'm most excited about is in education. So education is really taking sketchnoting in a big way. In the last probably two or three years, it's sort of taken off. And it's really a grassroots movement. So teacher, individual teachers have found this Uh, approach to taking notes and thinking and they started using with their classrooms and have noticed that their students really sort of relate to it in a way that they don't relate to other things and they get into the information they're learning in a different way and so that engagement's really uh, important for a teacher but then on top of it when students use sketchnoting they actually have really good retention of the information they're learning so not only are they attracted to it but but it becomes a benefit uh, on the back end for a student to really remember and understand because they're really analyzing the information in a different way. So uh, teachers got excited. They often tell principals and and then principals will talk to district leaders. And so I've had these opportunities to come to districts and, and speak to five, 600 teachers at a time and do workshops and sort of introduce them into concepts of sketchnoting with the intention that they integrate it into their curriculum so that their students can start taking advantage of all the visual skills that they have built in uh, and really emphasize those things. So that's that's super exciting to think about 
you know, kids that are in school today, uh, my kids are in this age group, right, that they could come out of schooling and they could get into uh, a work position and be able to visually explain things and think visually in a way that our generation really just was not taught. Uh, that's really exciting. Uh, you know, my daughter is going into high school this year. So this is her first year in high school. And, and uh, just before school hasn't quite started here yet as of this recording, but literally the day that this episode goes live will be, I think, the first day that she's back at school. And one of the things that she she uh, showed me was they went school supply shopping, right, which is still a big thing. And and uh, one of the things she pulled out was a planner because, oh, look at this planner and it's paper and all that stuff. I think, and you know, I think we've we've had this conversation to a degree before, but the idea of of being able to whether it's uh, you, let's talk about youth in particular because they're so inundated with technology the the connection that they can have to paper especially something you know whether it's you know the the sketchnote idea book or or paper in general and being able to be use that kinesthetic kind of flow with pen you know pens and pencils and crayons and all that stuff it's it's i think it's 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 that renaissance that we've been experiencing isn't going away mm-hmm. anytime soon no i i think you're right i think um you know, you and I are sort of in the same age range. I think for us, it was the inverse, right? So we grew up with all the paper analog stuff. So we saw technology as the cool, new, interesting thing, right? But kids now, you know, digital technology and phones and screens, that's like the normal for them. So they're sort of fascinated by this idea of, you know, analog notebooks and pens and and ink and uh, LP records and cassette tapes and, you know, Polaroid film and stuff like that. Like it's sort of now the thing that's sort of um, gone behind, yeah, it's a retro, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I could tell you this much. Um, you know, we st- I still have you know the four color Bic pen situation. Where oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's like wow, it's all like I'm like yeah, that's and my daughter, you know, we we have shown when the notebooks show up and things like that from Baron Fig, and they do show up fairly frequently. <laughs> uh, the pens, all that stuff. I just got yeah. the editor limited edition. Uh, uh, oh, she's yeah. like, she's like, you know, I mean, there is something about that, and you're right. I think that the the my daughter has uh, she bought one of those the merging of technology too so for example um the rocket book right that's another one mm-hmm. that some people yeah. are like hey you know what you can connect the, te- the there's a hybrid connection my daughter has her iphone but she also for christmas wanted the this thing that would allow it to turn itself into it like you could take a picture and then you can print it onto this this polaroid style fam and shaking it like mm-hmm. a polaroid picture which you know it it which now they know what it means again when andre 3000 sings about it we're like oh yeah we know what that is but they're like what was shaking yeah. like a polaroid picture so there's that that but I, I think it's I think it's it's amazing that you can bring this kind of connectivity into into kids because they are so inundated with technology, but they they can there's this hybrid of this balance that they can have. Are you finding that 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 there's some harmony that that they have that you know papers kind of bringing into the foray for them? I think they're very fluent in the digital side, so I think the the curious part for them is the analog part of it and how they connect it together. And I think, again, it's a pendulum swing, right? So you swing real hard towards digital stuff. But, you know, digital stuff is like endless streams of information that you can never look at everything in your lifetime, right? If you looked at everything, you, would no, you wouldn't have enough lifetime to look at it all. So, and it's, it's got no form or you can't touch it. It's, you know, the closest you'll get is that you're touching your phone or your, or your iPad or whatever device you're using. So that's the physical part of it. But you're touching this glass screen, which... It's got no texture. It's got, you know, no edges. It's, you know, this smooth thing. And then you flip this pendulum back the other way. You've got paper with tooth and there's, you know, it's got weight to it. And if you put too much ink, it'll, you know, 
bleed through the backside at some point, right? And there's weight to it. And there's only one of that notebook, right? So um, there's something special. So there's all these different aspects. Um, if there's a, there's a book I can recommend that I uh, really like, uh, a guy named David Sachs, fellow Canadian, uh, wrote a book called The Revenge of Analog. Really great book. And it talks about all these things and his curiosity as a reporter as to why analog is sort of making this comeback in LPs and film and notebooks, all kinds of different places, board games. So it's a really interesting um, book if you're interested in this space to read all the research that he's done into why he thinks this is happening. Ever found yourself deep in a project, your flow state so intense that the world around you just fades away? That's the magic zone where ideas take flight and your work truly comes to life. But what if, in a blink, it could all disappear? Hard drives fail, coffee spills, and yes, even the dreaded accidental delete happens. But fear not, because CrashPlan has your back. Don't wait for disaster to strike. Head over to CrashPlan.com timecrafting now for a free trial and secure your creations with their limited time buy one get one offers. Supporting our sponsors means supporting this podcast, so take a moment to check them out. CrashPlan is the superhero of cloud-based data protection, specifically designed for people like us who live and breathe their digital creations. CrashPlan ensures that every file, every idea, and every piece of hard work is safely backed up and protected. With CrashPlan Professional, you get unlimited backup for your computers, not servers or cloud apps, just pure essential data protection for PC, Mac, and Linux. This means your business plans, designs, music, and documents are continuously encrypted and updated in their secure cloud without you lifting a finger. Imagine this, your laptop takes a dive during a late night work session. With CrashPlan, it's not a disaster, it's just a minor hiccup. Their service runs quietly in the background, safeguarding every change you make every 15 minutes. And if the worst happens, your files are just a few clicks away from being restored with unlimited version retention acting as your personal time machine. For businesses, CrashPlan's multi-tenant capabilities are a game changer. Buy as many licenses as you need, manage them with ease, and let your team or your IT admin restore data seamlessly, saving precious time and resources. So go to CrashPlan.com timecrafting now to sign up for a free trial and take advantage of one of their limited buy one, get one offers for a productive conversation listeners. That's CrashPlan.com timecrafting. Back up better with CrashPlan. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. Okay, so I want to tell you something about Zapier. Zapier is one of our sponsors for this episode, and I use Zapier. In fact, I'm looking right now 
at my apps and I can see just a plethora of the ones that I use. Now, growing a business is hard, but it's especially hard when you're wasting hours every day moving data from emails to spreadsheets and a whole bunch of other stuff, you know, to your CRM, everything. It, it, that kind of stuff should just happen, especially when you're running a small operation like I am uh, with just a small but mighty team. Uh, you want to be able to do this stuff without having to lift much of a finger. You want to know that, that stuff's, you know, getting taken care of. And Zapier can help with that. It's helping me with that. Again, some of the apps I'm looking at right now that we've hooked up are Evernote, uh, Dropbox, Todoist, Podia, Google Calendar, Slack, Acuity Scheduling, which is what I use with my coaching clients. There are lots of things. I'm looking right now at what Zapier can do for me. Now, what can Zapier do for you? If you're not familiar with what Zapier is, it's really the easiest way to automate your work. It connects all your business software and handles work for you so that you can focus on the things that matter most. There's no more wasting your time on tasks that you know could be automated because that's exactly what Zapier was meant to do. You can go to the special link right now to give a, uh, a shot, give it a shot, have a free trial. It's zapier.com, that's Zapier, which you know rhymes with happier. Uh, so Z or Z, A-P-I-E-R.com slash timecrafting, and you can connect the apps you use the most, like the ones I just mentioned, and let Zapier take it from there. Zapier lets you instantly engage with leads. You can send them to CRM, for example, or a spreadsheet, then notify your team so that they can act fast on every opportunity. That's just one example, and that's just really scratching the surface because Zapier supports more than 1,500, that's right, 1,500 business applications. So the possibilities are virtually endless. Best of all, it's easy to build the exact solution you need in minutes without writing code or asking a developer for help. I'm not a coder. Uh, I know what apps I want to use. I've been able to connect them and make them work. And not only that, but my wife, who helps me out with a lot of stuff, especially Zero, which is one of the premium apps that's supported by Zapier, she gets to see this stuff happen. She's not uh, tech savvy at all. Uh, when it in terms of you know with this kind of thing, uh, I hope Anne isn't listening to this, but <laughs> she's not. It's really not something that's her forte either. With Zapier, it makes it easy to say, "Hey, this is what I want," and you can connect it and automate it. So you can join more than four point five million people who are saving an average of forty hours per month just by using Zapier. So what I want you to do is, I want you to do this now because it's through to the end of November. Okay, you try Zapier for free. And you get a 14-day free trial. Just go to zapier.com slash timecrafting. I've mentioned it once before. I'll mention it again. That's Z or Z, A-P-I-E-R.com slash timecrafting and get your 14-day free trial. Again, zapier.com slash timecrafting. Zapier really is the easiest way to automate your work. Make Zapier work for you. This is a no-brainer. Check out what Zapier has to offer. Take advantage of that free trial right now. Zapier.com slash timecrafting. I'd like to thank Zapier for supporting the show and helping me do my work better by having me not have to think about all the things that I could be doing and taking care of business for me. Big thanks, Zapier. Now, let's get back to my conversation with Mike. The last time we spoke, we talked about something that you had can kind of conceptualize because it's something paper allows you to do, right? You've got this this blank canvas, whereas with, let's say, an app, let's say a to-do list app or something like that, the canvas is, uh, some of them allow some for some freeform, you know, capabilities, but there is structure there. And the daily plan bar, which we've talked about before, uh, and that we're, that we're going back a bit. I'll link to it in the show notes, though. Mm-hmm. Um, what... Do you still use it, number one? Number two, um, what 
what has evolved with it? Because I also wanted to kind of dig deeper into the paper part of time management because I think there's some elements there that we can explore. So what what's going mm. on with the daily plan bar? Do you still use it? What's what's changed? What 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 have you found that has been really effective? What did you find was kind of like meh? And I still have to use digital for this. Like, let's talk about that a little bit. Sure. So I definitely use it. Um, it's and it has evolved. So I use it every day. I have a Leuchtturm 1917 dot grid notebook. Uh, I think it's actually a bullet journal notebook. I got from Ryder Carroll um, that he sent me to check out. So um, that's working really well. The, the the variation, the big variation that's been since the Medium article, and I've meant to update it, I just haven't done it, is I what I found was in the article, you'll notice that the plan bar or the basically the strip that I'd use to represent time is on both the left and the right edge of, of the spread on the book. So it's basically a two, two page per day, two Two pages equals a two a day, or I guess it's one page per day, right? Um, what I found was I kept running out of space underneath my tasks for drawing and and exploring and taking notes and such, and so I just made a decision that I will only put the bar on the left page now. And the right page, I call the log. I usually put the words the log at the top, and I just whatever's happening that day, I've got a whole page where I can sketch and draw and write and explore and. Most days I'll fill it up with something and sometimes it'll stay empty. And if I'm looking for a, a place to write an idea, I'll go into that space and fill it in. So that's the biggest change is this integration of a log into the process where I have some place to write things that are happening, things that I'm thinking about, notes that I want to make sure not to lose. Um, and it sort of gets all wrapped in there. And then I'm, if I'm a good boy, I'll go back and I'll index those things in the index in the front of the book. So if in the future I need to find it, that I can go back and get it. Well, that's so handy, that's, that's handy that's with been, that. Yeah, with the bullet journal book, especially because the index is built right there, right? Yeah. And I think probably the big downside and Ryder would probably admit this, too, is um, you don't really have alarms in there. So if you depend on, you know, your bullet journal to keep you on track, if you're not always looking at it, you need something else to alarm you if that's important for you. Maybe, you know, some people are really good at being time aware and, and not being uh, that being a problem. But I, I do have it on occasion. I like having sort of alerts. So. My daily practices, um, I'll open up Outlook at work and I'll do my bar for basically the workday. And I'll look at what my calendar looks like and I'll put all the things that are blocked in at that point into the calendar. And then I'll typically block out the stuff I want to do, like what tasks do I want to do with the remaining spaces. Uh, and then as the day goes on, if things change, I'll scratch things out or change some things and mark things done at the end of the day. Um, and then I use Outlook for those big blocks to remind me, like I get an, get an alert that I should go to this meeting and which room it's in and stuff like that. So it's sort of a fallback or a backup in case, you know, I don't remember. And that can be, you know, those alarms can happen in your phone or if you have an Apple Watch or a Samsung or some other device that will do alarming, you can set it to do those things too. Right. And I know that Ryder's got the bullet journal app too, which kind of is mm -hmm. the companion. And that's an, actually a interesting way I want to go a little bit with this. So uh, a, as of today, as we record this, yesterday, I went to go take all of the stuff we we're going to talk about and put it into Asana. But guess what? Asana was down. Uh, it doesn't happen very often, but it does happen. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that there's some, uh, when that was happening, and it was it was for a decent amount of time, um, not to rag on Asana or anything like that. They're not the only ones that this experience Things happen. happens to. Yeah. yeah. But um, it gave me pause to think about, f first off, there were some people that said, oh, great, I was able to go and just kind of focus on the things that were top of mind, right? The things that were real. So technology kind of allows for that, for those things to kind of sit there that need to sit there. But I think 
the the tricky part is how do you marry those? So for example, you talked about Outlook and then you've talked about, you know, using paper, especially the daily plan bar and, and using that journal processing. Um, where, how do you, how do you kind of reconcile or create harmony between that? You know, Hey, I've got these bigger long-term plans. Do they live in a digital space, like uh, in a Trello or a sauna or any of these larger apps that you can then refer to when you need to? Or do they kind of say, hey, no, here's a book that I put all my long-term plans in, or here's a way that, like, how do you, do, do you have, like, is it like a 50-50 split for you with with tech and, and analog? Or how does that how does that look? Because I think that a lot of people are, we're seeing that transition with things like Michael Hyatt's full focus planner and, you know, what, you know, things like that, where it's like, hey, you know, the paper planner is kind of like the home base. It's the master plan. And the digital stuff is kind of like just the stuff that I can look at and filter into it. But also there's got to be some stuff for those bigger long-term pictures that maybe paper isn't so good at as compared to what, you know, the digital space can do. Yeah, it's that's been a big struggle. And my best solution at this at this to this point, and it's not perfect, is I use things. And the reason I use things is because it's actually on my devices. So it's on my phone or it's on my iPad or it's on my Mac and it's syncing. They use a sync service and they've, you know, they're storing this stuff so you can reconcile that way. But I think the downside of things like an Asana or a Basecamp or maybe these others that are really dependent on web views or even the apps where it's basically a web view inside your phone is if the, if the service is down, you get nothing, right? Whereas something like Things or uh, there's tons of other apps like that where they sync to the physical device and it's text and attachments. Like those things reside on my phone. If I'm in airplane mode, I can still scroll through my things list and see everything that I've said that I should do. And it, there's a copy on my iPad and there's a copy on the on the Mac. And the same thing with like Ulysses when I do writing, right? So I, those texts that I'm writing are being spun out to the other devices that I've decided are places that I work with them. So there's both a, a cloud version and a local version. Now, maybe they'll fall out of sync and for something critical, maybe that's an issue, right? But I think most of those sinks are really fast and pretty reliable. So have you ever looked into fasting and thought, I love the benefits, but I can't go days without eating? Well, that's where Prolon comes in, transforming the fasting experience with a plant-based nutrition program that tricks your cells into thinking they're fasting without actually having to stop eating. Developed through decades of research at the University of Southern California Longevity Institute, Prolon is not just another diet, it's a scientifically backed program designed to support your body's natural processes. Now keep in mind, this isn't about cutting out food, it's about providing your body with the right nutrients to enter a fasting state while still eating. The program includes snacks, soups, and beverages, all carefully designed to support healthy blood sugar levels, cardiovascular health, and even reduce abdominal fat. And the convenience? That's unmatched. Everything you need comes in one box delivered right to your doorstep. Thousands of doctors now recommend Prolon for its health benefits, backed by Nobel Prize winning science. So if you're looking for a way to kickstart your health journey with all the benefits of fasting and none of the hunger, Prolon is the answer. And right now, Prolon is offering a Productive Conversation listeners 10% off their five-day nutrition program. Go to prolonlife.com slash timecrafting. That's P-R-O-L-O-N life.com slash timecrafting for this special offer. Again, that's prolonlife.com slash timecrafting. Check it out today. So I found like that's the best balance for solving the problem of services being down, right? Um, 
and then those that's that's where more of the long term stuff lives. And then I I try to pull that stuff into the notebook. But you know, so there's the times when I forget to put things into things, and they're just in my head. And you know, so there probably needs to be a revamp of my the mental practice of it, right? Not the physical doing of it. It's more like how do I think about it, and what do I do when, and I should really be sitting down on Sunday and doing sort of a scan of everything. And they don't always do that because the kids want to go to the park or whatever. So it's probably if I point to anything, it's more failings on my part and less on my system, on my devices or my books and more on my systems and me performing them as I should. Right. Well, yeah, but so my kids went back to school this week and they didn't go to this school. But uh, I can tell you that with the offer that they're putting together, I kind of wish that they could at this stage in their life. Again, they're only nine and and 14. But the UCI Division of Continuing Education, the sponsor of this episode, is a place that I definitely want you to check out. Uh, The UCI Division of Continuing Education was established in 1962, and they've served the lifelong learning and career development needs of individuals, organizations, and the community on a local, regional, and global scale. So if my kids were old enough, they could totally go there. Uh, Courses and certifications taught by industry practitioners in a wide range of categories from business and leadership to tech, project management, which I'm particularly fond of, as you would imagine, law, engineering, human resources, over 60 convenient certificates and specialized studies programs on campus and online are there and they're designed for the working professional. There's 100% online courses and they offer convenience and flexibility. Flexibility is one of the core tenets of time crafting. Simplicity, flexibility, durability. Flexibility is right in there. And there's a real immersive online classroom experience that the UCI Division of Continuing Education offers and you can even collaborate with your peers. There's open enrollment as well. And what that means is there's no application to complete. You just log in and sign up. You can pay for a single course or enroll in an entire certificate program if you wish. You have full control over your academic plan. And we love agency. We love control. We love, I mean, you're listening to this podcast because you want to have control as much as you can over your time and your attention. And the UCI Division of Continuing Education gives you as much control as you would like to have for your continuing education needs. You can advance your career in as little as six months. And the UCI Division of Continuing Education can help you gain an edge in your career make a career transition, or just simply help you become more knowledgeable. Uh, They provide you with the flexibility, there it is once again, to stay on top of your game in your current role while you're preparing to level up. Fall quarter is coming up and registration is open. So visit ce.uci.edu slash productivityist and then enter the promo code TIMECRAFTING to get 15% off of one course. That's ce.uci.edu slash productivityist and enter the promo code TIMECRAFTING and you'll get that 15% off of one course. Now this offer is valid only until December 31st, 2019 at 11.59 p.m. I want to thank the UCI Division of Continuing Education to continue for, for its continued support of the podcast. I'm really, really happy they're doing it. And I encourage you strongly to check out what the UCI Division of Continuing Education has to offer. We talked about education a little bit earlier on in this episode. Uh, I think this this theme is it's, it's almost like kismet, you know. And who knows, you know, you can you can uh, follow up with the UCI Division of Continuing Education and take notes in your new sketchnote idea book right? And you can sketch note it. So there you go. You mentioned that there, there's two places things can live, right? No, you know, and, and whether you use, and I think the tricky part with some people, especially when they're working collaboratively, is that 
the syncing, those, you know, because Things does it, OmniFocus does it. There's lots of them that do that mm-hmm. syncing. But the problem is if you're working in a collaborative environment, that they're, they're, there's too many things feeding. So that's why right. like, a, like a thing like Asana or Microsoft to do or whatever, don't do that. But I almost, the more I thought about, even as we're talking, is sometimes you don't need, like, why do we need to see everything everybody else is doing? Like, you know what I mean? There's almost like this fire hose, right. which is why right. what paper I think, I mean, Stephen Pressfield's talked about this before, like the fool scat method, like only, you know, you can only fit, you know, your entire story should fit on a piece of full scap, you know, like for act mm-hmm. one, act two, act three, if it can't fit there, then you've got too much, right? So the, there is a framework that paper allows. And what, what I, what I find fascinating, and, and you mentioned this, this, you know, like, well, the failings on my part, it's honestly, um, you know, uh, paper seems to be I'm I'm seeing and and maybe you can you know kind of corroborate with me on this one, but I'm seeing like the the this in the larger community like hey I have all this stuff in email or I have all this stuff in Asana and none of us on, on Teams are are using the same things because no company can decide like we can't decide what works best so I'm just gonna have this paper planner in front of me which is my and I'm just gonna pull things like you've been doing uh, the the tricky part like you said is where do you, when do you sit down when do you take the time to to, you know, kind of consolidate or to, you know, and mm-hmm. I think that's, maybe that's something that you got to work. Maybe, I mean, I, I have to do it too, right? Like the, you know, yeah, the idea of, definitely. yeah, but um, uh, have you talked, like, what's the future of the, the, the sketch note idea book? Like, are you thinking like, one of the things I think about immediately is I love having these little satellite notebooks, like the little tiny ones mm-hmm. that can kind of go in a pocket anywhere I go. So that's kind of where my like that way I know it's with me it's not gonna you know I can write some things down quickly and then all I do is I look at that notebook when I get home and either transition that stuff into you know the the task app or into a larger master planner mm-hmm. um are is is that where you're thinking down the line with 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 the sketch note idea book or is is this kind of like do you want to keep it simple and this is where it's going to be and this is how we're going to do it well you know focus is really important right so in order to make the kickstarter work we have to really focus. And it's been hard because it's like, oh, we could add this and we could do that. And it's like, yeah, we could, but then we might never actually launch the thing. And, and you know, our goal, uh, Mike and I, is to build a little company where we can start building the things that we've wanted that don't exist, right, that not have all the elements. So my imagination goes to, like you, pocket size. It'd be great to have a pocket size version of this same book, right, that you could carry in your pocket. And maybe there's a saddle stitch version you know, it's the same size and, you know, it could go in all different directions, which we don't really know. I mean, we could, I could do, you know, different uh, printed paper inside, like a dot grid version or a something else, right? So there's all these options. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, but I think the key is that we have to constantly remind ourselves because we're as excited as anybody else. We're both, you know, geeks about notebooks at heart, as many who are maybe listening to this podcast. Um there's so many things we could and want to do, but we have to be disciplined. Let's just do this first thing. Do the thing that we're doing right now, and let's get this done and deliver it, and then we'll use that momentum and the things we learn, which we are learning a ton, um, and then roll that into future products. So that's that's really our goal is to start a little company where we can we can do those things and start exploring and listening to the community. Like, what's the thing that you you know you you want to have? Maybe we can build that thing. Maybe there's enough people like you that we can build new things that, you know, other companies, you know, just aren't focusing on for very good reasons, right? You can't make everything. So that's, that's really the focus on, on this project. What's, since you started sketchnoting and really kind of 
kicked off this kind of thing? Because really, like whenever I see people doing graphic, you know, digital graphic stuff and things like that, and I see the, I mean, I own the font. I got the font when it came out, like the sketch note <laughs> font. Um, what, what's been the biggest thing that you've been kind of, I mean, I know we talked about the education piece with kids, but what's the thing that's kind of surprised you the most? And then maybe what's the thing that you thought would, you know, happen either for you or for, for within the community that, you know, you're kind of like, oh, I thought this would go and it didn't. Mm. Well, I think um, the thing that I've been surprised about is how much people will come to me. So I'm just uh, excited when I hear people come to me and say, sketchnoting changed my life. I hear it more often than I would have expected. Um, I keep, uh, I think of my friend Rob DeMio, who's a physicist, and he was very interested in visual note-taking, and he did some research, stumbled across my work and other people's work, and started doing it. He did a 30-day challenge for himself where he just did sketchnoting of everything, and now he's he's becoming a master. He's doing lettering. He's using it in all kinds of ways, and it's basically transformed his whole career as a physicist in the, in the work he's doing at a national institute of, of, of measurements um, in the work that he does. So seeing someone like that and how much it's impacted his life. And I think the layer on top of that would be all the community that's sort of built up around that. So there's a bunch of people just like Rob who have found this really fits their lives, lives and makes a difference. And then there's all these other people that are in similar places and we all connect together we're very welcoming community and helpful and encouraging. And, you know, we, we basically are making our own things like international sketchnote camps. And I know it's very popular in Germany. So the, I think as much as anything, I'm most proud of the community. Um, I think probably the thing that surprised me the most not happening is, um, so my book has been translated in lots of languages in French and German and Russian and a Vietnamese version just came out uh, just this year. But oddly enough, there is no Spanish version, and I don't exactly know why that's the case, because it would seem like um, that would be useful. I, I know there's many people in Central and South America and in Spain who are fans of the ideas, uh, but there's no publisher that's stepped forth to translate. And, you know, my book is not the easiest to translate because it's pretty much a graphic novel, so it's a lot of work to do that. But as far as I know, all the publishers who've stepped into that space have uh, done well done well with the translations and they've sold. So uh, I'm not really sure what the case is, if, if it's just reluctance or a cultural thing or why that is. But that's probably the one thing that I was surprised that that didn't happen. If you've been listening to me for a while or following my work, you know that I am not a morning person. I'm, I'm a night owl. Uh, so to recommend a show that basically talks about the morning is kind of crazy, but I love the show and I'm a big fan of Jeff Sanders work. The 5 a.m. Miracle is a podcast. If you're not listening to already, you really should. Um, because, uh, you know, we talk about, you know, kind of how people operate differently. We're just talking about that, Mike and I, and the idea that, you know, some people are better with digital tools and some people better with analog, but some people embrace the, uh, analog tools by using some digital practices and vice versa. They'll take some of the analog tools and, and, you know, use them digitally. We see this happening with, with things like the rocket book and, and, you know, you know, digital tools that, and, and the meshing of, of those, the hybrid components. Well, what I like about Jeff's podcast is first off, there is a lot of crossover appeal. Jeff's interviewed some of the same people I have. We've had conversations. Jeff's been on the show before too, and I had a pleasure to meet uh, him uh, a couple years ago when I was in, in Nashville. But the, the thing is, is just because he's a morning person 
and I, the show is called the 5 a.m. Miracle doesn't mean that I can't get good stuff from it. There's a lot of practical takeaways that I can apply at any time of day. So Je some of the stuff Jeff's talked about is, you know, the idea of uh, this is one of the ones that I, I mean, he's had Sean Blanc on the show, who's been on the show before Michael Hyatt. But what I, I like is one of the shows he had episode 290, uh, which is productivity when you're sick, tired and falling apart. Like that's some stuff that 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 really can be beneficial. Right. So. I want you to check out the 5 a.m. Miracle. I think, you know, if you're looking to add more podcasts to your repertoire and we're seeing more and more podcasts being adopted, why not tell you about some of the ones that I listen to? It's on my playlist here in Overcast, the 5 a.m. Miracle. And I know there's a particular episode that, that he he actually emailed me and, and a couple other podcasters and said there's an episode that he's looking forward to sharing. He hasn't shared it yet as, as of this recording. And uh, I know that I'm going to have the same guest. So it's interesting. I can't wait till his episode comes out because I'm going to learn a lot from his conversation with this person. And then I'll be able to take some of that and, and maybe have some kind of, uh, you know, kind of springboards uh, and maybe avoid some stuff too. But nonetheless, I encourage you to go to your podcast at listening app of choice and check out the 5 a.m. miracle. Jeff Sanders, he's such a great guy and he's doing a great job. So give him your ear, lend him your ear for for an hour a week, uh, you will not be sorry. So uh, let's get back to my conversation, Mike. I just want to chime in there and let you know there's other podcasts out there, and this is one of the ones that I definitely want you to check out. So as we get close to wrapping up, I want to dig in a bit to the, the a day in the life kind of thing because you're not just doing this; you have other work that you're doing. How do you how do you kind of create harmony around all this? Because you've built this thing over the last two years, the the sketch note idea book. You are obviously, you know kind of looked upon, like you said, people have come up to you and said, Hey, sketch notings changed my life, but you've got other things going on. How do you kind of deal with the ebb and flow of that? It's a challenge. I mean, I've got, so I have a wife and three kids. Um, so I want to make sure to pay attention and, and not miss those moments. And I, I think I do an okay job at that. I have a day job. I work at uh, Johnson controls as a, a designer on a design thinking team where we help people innovate. And I get to use sketch noting almost every day in that context. So there's opportunities for me to use this uh, skill and teach it to other people in small ways. Uh, but it's just the challenge that everybody has, right? It's balancing all these things. Like I think the biggest challenge is just knowing where to say no. And that's a challenge for me because I tend to want to help people and be useful. And so I, my tendency is to want to say yes to stuff. And lately I've been better at sort of declining things that I just, I've been, I guess the clarity has been, what are the things that I want to achieve? And that tells me what things I should do and not do. So, you know, speaking at a, at a district uh, for a high school or a district for a school and convincing teachers that sketchnoting is really valuable, that's high priority, right? So I'll prioritize that over something else that's, you know, maybe it even uh, is more lucrative, but maybe it doesn't have the impact, right? So, and also the time factor, right? It's, a lot quicker for me to fly and do a talk and come back than it is for me to work on a long illustration project, which I could do, right? That's going to take away my nights uh, watching Netflix with my wife or going on dates or, you know, it's going to impact me in different ways and I have to think about those things. So that's, it's, it's a struggle. It's not, um, it's not always easy. And, you know, I want to do that. I want to do things because this is my life and it's the only one I'm going to get on this earth, right? So I have to balance all those things. Uh, the things that I want to do with the people that I want to do them with, which I think everybody faces that. So I don't think I'm so unique in that sense. One of the things that I've loved about sketchnoting is that it's got this organic feel to it. But there is, I mean, there's, there is like anything else, there's a framework, there's a structure. It's very, I would say it's loose. There's some flexibility, obviously, around mm -hmm. it. Yep. If, 
someone wanted to get started, by the way, uh, one of the things that I'm looking in my office right now, and uh, I am redesigning it. So I'm gonna I'm getting a chalkboard wall, and one of the things I'm going to be doing with it is is that like uh, every time I look at, it, I'm like, well, that's where the sketch notes will go. Like that's where the mm. things that will go. Mm-hmm. So I'm merging that idea of chalkboard lettering with sketch noting because I. I, I feel like there's this crafting element with, you know, the time crafting brand. It just makes mm-hmm. sense for me. But um, w- if someone wants to get started, save for, I mean, the, the, obviously, they're going to pick up your books, which I'll link to in the show notes. And clearly, we're going to link to the Sketchnote Idea book because that's going to be a place we're going to want to put it. But where do people, where do you recommend people get started? Like, you know, because uh, there are some people that they look at what you've done and they look at other people in the community and they're, and they're like, how did they how do they make it look so good? Like th- there's this patience principle that some people maybe get caught up in. They're like, Oh, I don't have time right. to do that. How do you think, how, how do you help people and what do you recommend they do to get started and then keep going? Well, I, I like having a wide variety of options. So you don't have to necessarily buy the book. Of course I would love you to, but um, I understand that not everybody's ready for that point. Um, so there's a couple of ways to solve that. There's actually a YouTube video that I created for a talk that I had intended to do in Brazil and then couldn't make it. So I said, hey, what if I record a video? And they said, great. So I put it up on YouTube and made it public. And you can now watch that. It's a, it's about 30 minutes and it takes you through the basics of drawing that I teach in most all my workshops. Ends with an exercise where you can apply your concepts. And it's free on YouTube. So you can go watch that and see the basics of what my thinking is around making drawing more approachable and less less like um, you know art class and a little bit more like communication of ideas. Um, there's also, if you go to the uh, roadesign.com uh, either of the book pages slash handbook or slash workbook uh, we've got samples of videos there's downloadable pdfs so you can actually see what the books look like and there's teaching in them right so you can apply them uh, so that's another good place and i would say the third thing you can do is go to sketchnotearmy.com and sketchnote army is 10 years old today can you believe that mike it's it's crazy and it started 10 years ago because i kept seeing sketchnoting and this is real early in the process i kept seeing them popping up by other people i was like this is awesome how can i how do i find a place where this all is happening and it was so new i thought well you know i'm sort of the leader of this thing at this point i should probably make a place for people to go so i created sketchnotearmy.com with this idea that there's this army of people sketchnoting and just started promoting other people's work and it's been going for 10 years and it's a great resource if you want to go looking back at um the work of other people if you're concerned about i'm not a good enough artist there's a whole series called first sketch notes which you can you know review and see other people who've approached it who've never done it before and have no drawing skills so you can see their work and then there's a podcast that we have there so we interview people of all different levels and more of the mindset behind sketchnoting, how they approach it, how they're applying it. And I just find those really fascinating. It's a little bit like the uh, the director audio on a movie, right? So you watch the movie and you hear the director talking about why they did things. And it's a little bit like that. So it's a crazy idea to have a podcast about something visual, but it actually somehow works, which is really fun. So those are the three things I would suggest. Mike, this has been great. I want people to go check out the Kickstarter campaign for the Sketchnote Idea book. It's just went live today as this podcast episode is released. I I am assuming it's going to be at sketchnoteideabook.com, right? And then it'll just yep. redirect to the Kickstarter. Yeah, we'll redirect ki- you right to the Kickstarter. And then um, when the Kickstarter is over, it'll probably just redirect back to people who can just order it because it'll be wildly successful and you'll be, it'll be, it'll be on back order. And exactly. It'll be- <laughs> exactly. Um, and one of the things I want to mention before we wrap up is there's been this kind of, it, you've, there's been a meme that that's happened, I think with this, with is, which is, 
uh, one of your friends uh, who had the book bit in like has a has a like they look like they're biting into it and all of a sudden <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's showing up everywhere um and and so if if a if you want to get a book that's going to help you with sketchnoting and it's going to be you know you could obviously back the campaign but also it's nutritious so there's that too right it's part of a healthy balanced uh, analog diet <laughs> right so um check that out mike where else can people keep up with you and your work uh, it's been great talking to you again but where can they find you uh, road is road design. So R O H D E S I G N that's dot com. It's also my handle on Twitter and Instagram and, and other places. So if I, if I'm someplace, it's under road design and that's a, the best way to get hold of me and say hello. All right. Thanks so much, Mike, for joining me today on the Productivities podcast. Thanks, Mike. It's been great to, ta- to chat with you. Big thanks to Mike Rohde for joining me on the show today. If you want to keep up with all the show notes and particulars that we discussed, head to productivityist.com slash podcast 260, and you can access all the show notes there, including access to the Kickstarter campaign that I'm sure is funded by now. It's definitely funded. Uh, So get on that today. Uh, Big thanks to our sponsors for this episode, of course, Zapier. Head to zapier.com slash timecrafting to take advantage of their exclusive offer to Productivity's podcast listeners like you. And thanks to the UCI Division of Continuing Education for sponsoring this episode as well. Again, head to ce.uci.edu slash productivityist and enter the promo code timecrafting to get 15% off of one of their courses. So thanks to both of our sponsors for this episode. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you offered a rating or a review in iTunes, or I guess it's Apple Podcasts now, of course, the, the Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, wh- wherever you are listening to podcasts. It just helps make the show better because we review these comments and, and all that stuff, and, and I want to make the show better. We tried something new with this episode with a bit of a teaser off the top, so we're always trying different things, and this is one of those uh, examples of, of getting feedback as to how we might want to make the show better. So uh, thanks again for listening, and, and again, ratings and reviews are always welcome. Welcome. If you have any questions about the podcast, there's another call to action I'll give you. Email me directly, podcast at productivityist.com. I'll be happy to answer any that come my way. That's it for this episode. Big thanks to you for listening. Until next time, I'm Mike Vardy, the host of the Productivityist podcast, reminding you to stop guessing and start going. I'll see you later. <laughs>